0: Hi, this is Samantha Lushtak. I am the owner of Absolute EHS, and I am here today with Michael Petitia, who is a local artist, or local to New York. He's in Brooklyn. Hi, Michael. Thanks for joining me. How's it going? Um, So would you mind uh, telling us a bit about your background?
1: Um, Sure. Well, uh, Brooklyn, born and raised, and um, I studied drawing and wood sculpture at the School of Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. And uh, before that, I went to the Little Red Schoolhouse in the West Village, Little Red Elizabeth Irwin. And uh, I've been drawing since I was two years old. So this, is, uh, this has been a long time.
0: That's pretty good. So I understand you're working on a, a pretty unique project now with, uh, since the pandemic took hold of, particularly New York. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Well, um, right before the pandemic, I'd been drawing people's portraits for the last 17 years, just like portraits of people on the subway and um, kind of like incognito, just like drawing people and then showing them eventually. Um, But then, you know, uh, when the pandemic hit, I lost all of my subjects. I had no more, I wasn't riding the subway anymore. I'm still not. Um, And so I had to figure out a, a new way to draw people's portraits. And so I was taking drawing sessions online with models and started getting really bored of all the people the same model over and over and over again because you only have so many people at first. And I realized, you know, I'm drawing all these models through Zoom and seeing them and getting pretty good detail from it all. and. uh And I decided, well, I know a lot more people than there are models. And I see all of these people's faces and all of these little blocks all over the screen. If they were sitting still, I could draw them more or less. And so I started calling my friends and started out with friends. And then it became friends of friends and then friends of friends of friends who also were like, oh, my friend would be really interested in this. Would you mind drawing them? I said, absolutely and um kind of went from there it was all for me until it wasn't
0: so um you and i actually went to school together i think the last time we spoke we decided was 10 years ago and i don't yeah. think we've seen each other in person for i don't know i don't want to date even, us even
1: <laughs> probably like fourth grade was the last time we saw each other in person
0: yeah it's been a while um and uh, I, I mean, I really appreciate it, um but you you had the the guts to reach out on Facebook, and um we've now talked a few times, which is great to catch up but um how how what's the secret how do you how do you get around that that fear and that isolation to reach out to people you haven't talked to in ten twenty years right I, yeah it, you know a lot of people are feeling very isolated right now, and you seem yeah. to have. Harness this way to uh, i don't know broach rekindling friendships or creating new friendships through yeah. the internet
1: um, honestly, um, most of the time, most of the people I realized that I had like stopped talking to wasn't for most of them were i mean if look if I'm still friends with them on Facebook, chances are nothing really happened. We just lost touch. Facebook made us complacent, and like why should I reach out? I know what they're doing anyway, right? They're just sitting at home or they're like doing their own thing. And like, well, what do they think? Maybe like, I want something from them. If uh, if I'm reaching out to them, like, why would they possibly, why would you possibly reach out to somebody you haven't spoken to in years? But like when it came down to it, the answer that I always came to is why not? I mean, I didn't want anything, honestly. And I didn't want anything but to see somebody's face and have a short conversation with them. So, so honest, why not do it? That, that's really what it came down to. There's no reason to be afraid of something if there's no, if you're not going in with any ulterior motives, you're not, I'm not trying to get money from you. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to talk.
0: But you actually are asking for a rather interesting, uh, I guess use of people's time. Um, and I, I suppose it's a fantastic icebreaker, but would you, and I can see you're working already. Um, but would you like to explain what your
1: project is? Well, my, my project is asking people to talk about their experiences and their, like some of their difficulties even, uh, that they've had during COVID and like what they've been going through being so isolated. And, um, what they've been experiencing and how they've been filling their time whether they've been working or what what projects they've been working on where if they've been gardening or cooking more than they ever have which i certainly have been <laughs> um, um and just like finding a a level to relate on something that everybody's you're going we're all like experiencing the same thing we're all locked inside because there's an epidemic going on outside right How often do you have the exact same thing in common with somebody else in a different part of the world? So would
0: you call that your icebreaker?
1: I mean, the icebreaker, yeah. We're all going through the epidemic. What are you doing? Like, do you want to sit with me for 40 minutes while I draw your portrait and we just talk? Yeah. Usually the answer is either yes or most of the time the the only no's that I've gotten are either I'm shy and don't like to do it at all or... I look terrible. Like, why would you want to draw me right now? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I've let myself go in quarantines. Like it's only been three months. How much damage could you do? I mean, it's called the COVID-19 in relation to COVID-19. Or in relation to the freshman 15, right? Yes. right. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay. So you're, you're drawing people in isolation and what do you, you know, what are you gleaning from all this? What's, what's the ultimate goal other than uh, filling that, I guess, lack of subway model need. It's
1: connectivity. The ultimate goal is like everybody coming together in a, in a book, which is what I'm building toward um, a uh, a coffee table book, but um, as like a, a book of like people's portraits with like stories that are ultimately linked by one thing. Everybody's linked by the same thing right now. It's all going through the same pandemic, quarantine, anxieties, concerns for like everything that's going on. You're worried about everybody that you've ever connected with. It's like, gee, like I wonder how that person is. Like I haven't spoken to them in years, but like I see them on Facebook and they have a kid. Like I wonder what they're doing right now and what they're going through. And so it allowed me to, um, for me personally, allowed it allowed me to um, separate myself from, like, being focused on the self and kind of like speak to a bunch of people. To I don't know it eased my anxiety. I've been completely not focused on my personal feelings and been focused on others, and it's helped me in that way. And I think a lot of people. I mean, everybody who I spoken to has had a nice time talking well I Some called you program. back <laughs> <laughs> I hope <laughs>
0: um so uh, what are there any uh, outstanding stories you've heard I understand you've um you've done quite a few of these at this point
1: I'm up to 159
0: 159 subjects wow that's impressive um and anybody who's listening if you are interested in being a subject of uh, michael's uh his email address and his instagram account will be posted with this podcast just reach out um okay so 159 subjects you want to tell us about the top three five
1: hundred well um I mean, today I spoke to somebody I haven't spoken to since my freshman year of high school. I'm 32 now, so it's been a little while. Um, and she's now living with her husband and two-year-old daughter in Israel on a kibbutz. And that was a, I mean, it was pretty interesting to hear about it. she I mean, nothing, it hasn't been too eventful on, on the kibbutz because everybody's just been around each other. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, so they're pretty well sheltered from, from everything that's going on outside of their community, outside of the community, but they've certainly been more or less quarantined there. But uh, she, um, she was telling me about her parents and how uh, her dads are not doing too great in their quarantining. They've, they've been really like they're used to traveling a lot. They're, they, they live on the road more or less. I mean, they have homes in different places, but, uh, one of them, he, his job means that they have to, I don't know exactly what he does cause I should have asked that actually shame on me. Um, but, uh, one of them, he, he works mostly remotely and the other one travels around for work. So they, she, she said jokingly that her one of her dads was, uh, saying how, uh, He's like, I live on vacation, so like, let's go someplace fun. And so they were just in Mexico, living in Mexico, and uh, just before COVID in San Marco, I think. Wow. Um, and they had to, like, fly, rush and fly back to Colorado, which is where they live full-time now because COVID was starting to break out in Mexico, and as we know from the news, that's not going so well. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Colorado's probably not going so well either though. Yeah. I mean, they're in Denver,
1: so it's like kind of, kind of okay. They're in more liberal part of Colorado. Um, But
0: long party lines. Right. (laughs) Go on.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, that's, that's one good story. I spoke to a doctor living in India and it, When I spoke to him, it was just starting. They were just getting a couple of cases, but it hadn't gotten like too out of control yet. Since then, obviously, it's getting worse every day. But when I was talking to him, it was fine. He's like, yeah, nothing's really... He's old, he's retired, and he's wealthy, so he's okay, no matter what. But uh, he's like 70 years old. He's suitably concerned, but ultimately, he's just waiting to go back to his normal home in the UK so is he stuck yeah he's stuck in india oh wow but i mean he also he's stuck in his nice apartment with like a terrace and it's in india but he's by all of his friends so it's okay Hmm. so it's it's just interesting to hear some stories but i mean i i spoke to one man who was who was in uh manila philippines but he and his family kind of had to emergency leave the United States like I think a year ago because of the Trump administration. He uh, he wasn't technically, he wasn't a US citizen though he might as well have been. He just was, um, work, he owned a business in Hawaii which apparently means that you don't necessarily have to be a US citizen to own a business in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. so he owned a business in hawaii he was here for years he'd been living in the united states for like 30 years but just hadn't bothered to get his citizenship and uh yeah when the trump administration came in a bunch of his friends started getting deported and he and his family were just like look before we get deported we have to leave so manila philippines was interesting to hear about what they're doing in terms of quarantining, and theirs is the most stringent I've ever heard.
0: What are they doing?
1: Um, they're completely locked down, and only one person in the entire family is allowed to go out at all. They're, only one person is allowed to go out, and they're only allowed to go out to get food, and then they have to go straight back home. There's mm-hmm. no taking walks. There's no seeing your friends in social distancing. It's straight lockdown for everybody. Wow. So
0: all right.
1: it's been um that was pretty but they're managing to keep a hold of they they managed to do pretty well during the whole quarantine because of that. Because they locked the city down.
0: I guess they're
1: uh locked the country down actually. So
0: pan sanitizer and PPE bills are also much lower
1: than most of yeah. ours. That's very true. <laughs> they don't have to worry about it at all. Everybody just stays home. Huh, what a concept.
0: You um, had mentioned last time we spoke of a um, uh, father, son. Uh, I, I don't think they worked together, but they were both doctors.
1: Yeah, that was the doctor in India. And then his son in Australia. But uh, his son is worried about his own child because they're, they're in a they're in Australia and he has a private practice and he's had COVID patients. And he tells me, he's like, I have to like strip down outside wash up and then come inside of the house before I can like be around my son.
0: Yeah. That's actually what I've been advising a lot of my clients, particularly the ones with high risk people at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if you can do it, um, you know, strip down straight to the washing machine, take a shower and then hug everybody.
1: Exactly. That's that seems like the best course of action. And well, it, they,
0: it sounds like the Philippines has it even better. Just
1: oh well, yeah. Just don't go out at all, and and nobody's been working, which is crazy. So they don't really have any. He's fortunate enough to have have money saved, and his business is still running without him, but but not as well as it was. He was he's like I, before he left, he was like I was at the top of my game. He's like I was I was running. He did like a um, concierge car repair. So basically like all of like the big offices and all of like the major offices and stuff like that down in Hawaii would come to him and he would deal with all of like the CEO's cars and anybody who needed something done to their car, he would literally bring their car from start to finish to each location and have it repaired while he was present. And so everything was done and he did all the car detailing, but then he went to different mechanic shops and he had deals with dealerships and, and he was doing really well. And then our, uh, our president came in and made people who weren't documented citizens impossible to work and had to leave.
0: That's hard. So did you actually know all of these people before you interviewed them?
1: Not, nope, definitely didn't know him. Uh, I didn't know any of the doctors. Um, and uh, it's yeah, I I think I my stepbrother reached out to his email list and just like blasted like all of his his whole like email library with like an email that he drafted and sent out to all these people about me. And then they reached out to me from different parts of the world.
0: So I have I'm in a bunch of parenting groups, local business groups, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people are really struggling not only with Uh, I guess reconnecting with old friends who they might feel awkward reconnecting with, but meeting new people, especially when you can't meet in person, you can't just, you know, go to a, I don't know, a a mommy and me, or you can't just like grab a cup of coffee or run into somebody in the supermarket. Do you have any advice to people who are trying, who maybe just moved somewhere and then there was a lockdown or um, otherwise is, is feeling rather isolated.
1: Um, My best piece of advice is a piece of advice my grandfather gave me when I was a kid and I wasn't sure how to talk to other other kids or make new friends initially or even get a girlfriend when I was much younger and I'm married now. So that's, that's a good sign. um... Uh, (laughs) uh, If they don't want to talk to you, fuck them. Somebody else nicer will like that's, that's the bottom line. If, if somebody doesn't want to talk to you and you're a nice person with, you know, you're not a radical, you're not an extremist in any way, and you just want to, like, meet a new friend, well, other people should want to make new friends too, right?
0: All right. But how do you, how do you initiate that? So I oh. understand going in with the, the mindset of, oh, uh, you know, like, we're putting ourselves that. out there and that's okay. But how, how would you go about initiating, you know, if we don't have a stepbrother with an
1: email list? Uh, well, I mean, you're friends right now, right? You have friends and they have friends that you don't know. But their friends that you don't know are friends with your friends, so conceivably you share similar interests. So, I I mean, the best thing to do would be to just like open up a Zoom call with your friend and arrange a happy hour with them and see if you can make new friends and then exchange your information and start another friendship.
0: This sounds like a, a matchmaker thing out of Fiddler on the Roof.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it kind of is, right? I mean, you friends and you're, you have friends who have friends that you haven't met. That's, uh, that's basically how, how I did it. Friends or family that you've never met that probably you'd get along with. You have friends who so you've said to them, oh, man, like, I know somebody that would, you would totally get along with just you know all you have to do is make that connection so finally
0: cashing in on all that all those times you've heard that
1: right exactly exactly it's that's all it is
0: and how would you so the the icebreaker you've been using is we're all quarantined and i want to catch up and draw your picture yeah exactly Uh, for those of us who are less artistically inclined do you have any uh recommended icebreakers for that
1: um i mean there's something as basic as like what are you watching right now? Like what shows have you been watching? Or like, what have you been reading? I, or what have you been cooking? Just like even sharing recipes would be something that you could do with somebody else. I mean, I have friends who have been posting all about what they've been cooking and I'm sure they're not the only ones who've been doing that. I know I do that. Um, and I'm always like looking for something new to make so
0: beyond sourdough and
1: banana bread right exactly like sometimes (laughs) sometimes i want to eat like a steak and there's a there's a right way to cook a steak and a wrong way (laughs) why not yes but
0: then you spark the debates about whether you should even be eating meat from all these uh you know central distribution locations
1: look debates are a great way to start friendships this is true and there you. If if it's a conver- If you could start a conversation with somebody, that's the start. If you have something that you want to talk about, that's a great way to start talking to new people. Because like you know, your friends, your current friends, you probably probably share a lot of the same beliefs, and that's all well and good. But you know, okay, we agree. Yeah. Now what? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> perhaps like a new perspective would be would be a good way to. Uh, to start a new friendship. makes sense. So you
0: you, uh, mentioned a couple of your subjects being kind of well off and able to kind of hunker down. Do you have Mm -hmm. any stories that are maybe uh, a little different for anybody that can relate to it who?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have a friend who he lives with his, I think he lives with his mother and his girlfriend in an apartment in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. And he's, they've just, you know, they've been scraping by, doing fine, but not not as well as some of the others who have just been on vacation or hanging out and doing poolside or whatever. And, uh, you know, he expressed a real feeling of stagnance. Everything was just like, He wanted to do a bunch of stuff, but couldn't bring himself to do anything, and he was just stuck, and he didn't know what to do with himself, so he just spent all day, like, drinking with his girlfriend, and they're drinking, and they're eating, and they're just, like, existing, and they get into arguments over silly things, and then you know and then they're stuck together mad at each other <laughs> for something pointless and it's like moments like i've been hearing there's nothing i haven't heard anything bad but it's mostly just that feeling of um being stuck that i've heard as the most negative because nobody's and i've heard like people being like and at the beginning people were just dis- depressed or anxious uh, like business owners who had been doing so well and being like getting really great reviews from different magazines all of a sudden had to shut their company. They shut their restaurants down, losing businesses altogether because of COVID. And they're like really sad and really depressed and not sure when things are going to get better or if, or how they're going to reopen. And this was their like love child that they've been building and building and started doing really well and then had to stop. And it's things like that, that I've heard. And, um, I, they didn't really get out of that funk. They're still in it. And I mean, they've like, there've been moments of like, you know, brightness and happiness. And, and in a lot of ways, the, um, the black lives matter movement have, um, really, like, rekindled this, like, feeling of hope, which is really great, but, um, it's just been tough for a lot of people in that, in that boat to feel like anything is going well.
0: Yeah, and I imagine there's the, the trapped actually in the home or the apartment. Yeah. Uh, versus the trapped just with the people or, or
1: trapped by yourself. Um, Yeah, that's... that's I mean, I haven't heard any negative relationships, which is really good. There haven't been anything, like, toxic or dangerous in any of the conversations that I've heard, so that's good, but complacency is dangerous, too.
0: This is true. So have you... You mentioned um, Black Lives Matter. Have you talked to anybody who's been particularly active with that?
1: Um, I mean, I've spoken to people... I spoke to people who, before the movement started, well, before, like... It, it it ramped Sorry, up, Kendall. I should say, because it's, it's been started, but now it's like obviously it's ramped up and there's a lot more press than there ever was before, mm-hmm. or since the 60s and 70s. Um, but, um, no, I haven't spoken to too many people recently who've been involved heavily in it. I've spoken to people before they were, and now they are, but. Not since it started, which I, I'd like to change. I'd like to speak to some more people who are more heavily involved in it. It would be um, really interesting to get their perspective.
0: Well, Anybody hopefully, somebody's listening to this and yeah. they've been more active in it. Um, any uh, anything else that is kind of words of wisdom or things, something you've learned from this uh, this whole experience um, that's worth sharing?
1: If I mean, my best piece of advice is if you were ever passionate about anything, just do it now. Don't don't like say, well, I would do this if I had this material. Just, if you've got the means, buy the material that you need and make what you've been wanting to make all these years because there's never going to be. an. I mean, it's I, I can't think of any reason aside from pandemic for everything to ever stop again. So use the opportunity and don't waste your time. That's my best piece of advice.
0: That's pretty good advice. And don't care so much about what people say if you uh, oh,
1: reached yeah. out randomly, right? I mean, just fuck everybody. It doesn't matter what they say. Like, what what did you do? Nothing, you just reached out to be a friend.
0: That's true, that's great. Yeah. All right, well, if... Uh... If anybody is interested in being a subject with Michael, please feel free to reach out to his email or Instagram. And thank you for joining us. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you.